0: Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos, where we present tips, tools, and techniques to help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, Licensed Mental Health Counselor at Lokahi Counseling. This channel and the Calming the Chaos podcast is for those who want self-help and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like the information, please subscribe to my channel and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. In this episode of Calming the Chaos, I'll be talking with Ben Kaloy, And he is a US Marine Corps veteran. He is a husband, he's a father, he's an author, And he's the host of two podcasts. That would be the Military Veteran Dad podcast and the Business of Fatherhood podcasts. Ben is going to be here today to share his story and also how he was able to work through periods of chaos in his life as a husband, as a dad, as a Marine, and other roles in his life, and was able to now Teach men and especially veterans and military men just to find that place of calm within all the chaos. And this has a trickle-down effect to benefiting families and communities. I'm just so excited to bring Ben up here to have a conversation about chaos, which I love talking about. Welcome, Ben, to Calming the Chaos.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. And what I love about the illusion of chaos is we actually, as human beings, think we can control it, but that in itself is the mental illusion because like the world is chaos, but that's the part of life, and the idea we can control it is usually a reflection of what we feel like we can control. So I'm really excited to be here because I feel like my story has been unwinding for this episode for my entire life almost.
0: I am so glad that you said that because chaos is not anything to be controlled. However, you can find the calm place in your own self to be able to survive well during chaotic experiences. So I'm very excited to hear more about you and your journey, your story. Where do we want to begin, Ben? You get to take it.
1: (laughs) So a lot of my story, I didn't really, I would say there was a chaos going on especially during like my Marine Corps years where I served from 2003 to 2007. But when I got out, I would say I adopted the road that everybody else did. And I ignored what was chaos, but I didn't like, I was just not processing a lot of feelings. And it really kind of came to a head when my daughter was two years old and I was 30 years old. And I remember looking in her eyes one night and just thinking like, how can I lead you into your life if I can't even lead myself through mine like the chaos at that point was just like it, i'm not moving i'm just stuck like i'm not able to get through my thoughts i'm overthinking everything i'm paralyzing analyzing everything and it was just this ability to feel like i was in the, a fog that like i could see my world but in order to figure out where i was meant to go man that that fog was so thick it was just the chaos of like well I don't even know where I am. So how do I figure out where I want to go?
0: So she, in that moment, made you aware of your own fog. Of cha- I like that fog of chaos, because it doesn't have to be that things are coming at you quite a bit, or even that you're aware of it. But you, at some point in that moment, just were aware of the, the fog of the stuckness, and that can create chaos.
1: It's kind of of like that moment when you first realize you have a voice inside your head, like that there is this feeling that you have and these thoughts that you have. But then there's also like, I'm tired of thinking and feeling the same way. And what you also realize, like those are two different things, like the voice inside my head. That's not really me. That's just the voice inside my mind. And I'm still in here, even though my thoughts are a certain way. But man, I didn't get any of that type of connection early on, like early on. It was this feeling of loss. And something else I would underline what I was going through is I had just dropped out of college as well for electrical engineering. And so I had signed up that this piece of paper was supposed to make everything better, that this pa- ca- piece of paper would calm the chaos in my head to tell me where I need to go, that if I could just manage the chaos and get through it and study at night and do all the things it takes to have a, a job, a family, and go to college at the same time for really advanced stuff, if I could manage that chaos... I could get through it. And eventually I realized when I failed two D pluses in two classes, I was like, I got to take a break. The problem was when I took a break, I was like, well, now I'm really, I, 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 now I'm really lost because I was operating on this belief that they assigned me that if you get the degree unicorns show up, well, I stopped halfway and I'm like, okay, well, how do I get to the unicorn place? Cause that's what I was looking for. And it was a, it took about six months of kind of feeling lost within that chaos where, it was a simple moment to kind of open my eyes up to potentially where I could go was I went to a seminar that was local for making a transition from being a staff member to a supervisor. And this guy was talking about leadership. And the way he talked about it really got me excited to the point where I was always raising my my hand with the answers to his questions. And I was like, I know all this. I had just forgotten it within the chaos of my life from the Marine Corps. Like, and I often joke that, In the Marine Corps, you're leading people, you're doing big things, and you're 22 years old. When you get out, they often don't trust you to run the copier. So that part, like you just turn off a lot of stuff. And you're like, well, I'm not that. It was the Marine Corps saw it, but the rest of the world doesn't, so I can't be that yet. And so that spark really kind of was um, like a mag flashlight through the fog a little bit to get me this insight. Like, I love leadership. I don't know where it's supposed to take me, but I started following it. And the downside was I just started consuming information which then made it almost chaotic, more chaotic, because I had more answers, but I didn't have the right question and I didn't have the right direction still. Because like when you're in that chaos, even when you're in the fight, flight, or freeze mode, the, the worst part of that moment is not having a direction where your compass is supposed to go.
0: You know, I love that you're using these military like maglite in the fog, and there's I'm sure other sort of military terms that you're gonna you're gonna say, and you know it just really paints a good picture. I was thinking of a maglite in the fog. Does that actually really help, or does that reflect back and cause more chaos? Who knows? Uh, but it sounds like you had a little bit more information. I would say it
1: gave me the direction. Like I think a mag light through the fog could kind of give you maybe 20 feet ahead of you, depending on how really thick the fog is. Or maybe there's a moment where the mag light shine in the right direction and you can kind of see an object at the end. Um, That kind of helped me. But the problem was it's still like the fog would creep in. And what I learned about that fog was it's actually, I mean, it's not real, obviously, but in your head, it feels so real. And the weird thing that started happening to make the fog lift was it wasn't more information. It wasn't even more insights. It literally was just picking a direction and moving towards it. And almost instantly, the fog started to lift. Like The illusion that I had was I had to know the direction before I could take the action to pick that moment to go towards it. But I learned that it's more important to have, as long as you have a direction in life that you believe is the right one, that believe you're going to learn some different things on, go towards that, and almost immediately the fog starts to lift because you have that momentum. Like Once you feel like you're moving, then the fog starts to lift and that chaos started to calm down a little bit. But there was still another part of that chaos that was related to my own insecurities of like not growing up in a lot of ways and just kind of feeling stuck in a not necessarily immaturity because if anything, people would have told me I was a very mature person and I had a hard time laughing. But if anything, it was the component of knowing where my value comes from, because one of those things when the storm and the wind picks up like this is another one analogy that really got me when the wind picks up or another one would be like in a river. When the river start flow starts flowing, I would just get carried away with the river and my emotions would get the best of me and I would just blow up pity party balloons. What I didn't know at that time was that feeling of insecurity was allowing me to flow down the river. And I needed to really find who I was, ground myself in that, because then that's kind of like that anchor in the river where the water flows around me versus me getting carried away with it.
0: Yes. See, I knew you would use another marine sort of thing. And anchor is definitely another visual picture. And I'm really good
1: on analogy. Those are what I'm known for.
0: (laughs) Well, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm imagining what it must have been like in that fog with that mag light and a compass. So you're able to see which direction you're going, what you're saying is to choose a direction and just start to move because otherwise you're going to be stuck in that fog and there's really no action at all that's going to happen to even get you out of the fog. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yeah, and there's like two other things is like that I didn't know. I didn't fully know about growth mindset and the growth mindset component that life is something to be experienced and grown through, not like to like avoid or try to find the easier path, like no, the harder paths, the obstacles are usually the ones that are make the most growth and it's going to take you where you need to go. And it's that growth because no matter what you choose, you're going to learn something. You're going to learn who you're not. You're going to learn who you are. You're going to run into someone. You're going to have a conversation on this path that could maybe start a new path. But you can't have that conversation until so you pick a path. But if I could go back and tell myself, there was two things that I really didn't know when I was 30 years old that would have changed everything. That when I was stuck in that fog, that had I had this compass calibrated with these two things, it would have changed everything. That fear is usually something we think about holding us back or things that we need to avoid because like, yeah, it's scary, so I'm not going to do it. But a lot of things like in life today are not lions, tigers, bears like our brain says they are from millennia ago. But we apply the same like, oh, we need to stay away from that. We could explode if we ever go up on stage to talk to people like it's not real you're not going to explode you're not going to spontaneously combust and have anxiety all over the walls it doesn't work that way but that's how we feel on the inside and so what i learned was i actually measure those directions by how scared am i to go in that direction because if i'm scared and i'm not going to die i take that as a leading indicator that this path is one that's going to change my life that on the other side of that fear is everything i've ever wanted and it's like almost like a wall of fear as well like if you find the door through the fear you'll find what you've always been looking for but the problem also is like the people can be scared of a lot of different things and so like how do you pick the one well lace it with this other piece which i'd been doing subconsciously but i didn't know what i was doing i was always drunk on curiosity i would always just follow these breadcrumbs like if you were to look at my resume you were like there's not a common theme here but if i were to tell you yes there was i was drunk on curiosity of continuing to follow these things that i was curious about learning If you follow what you're curious about, laced with your fear, those are your purpose and passion at the destination you're trying to get to. Like Your curiosity is like that early intuition, like where you're meant to go, how your story is supposed to happen, where that chaos is actually trying to take you. That curiosity is that like breadcrumbs on the floor that'll take you there. You don't know where it's going and you don't even know what it's called yet when you get there. But if you think about what scares you, And you do the ones that you're like really curious about learning like starting a podcast like that sounds scary but it sounds cool to learn about these conversations and i think i'd be really curious about having some conversation with some interesting people those two things is how i'm here where i am because i started a podcast that really scared me and i was like i'm gonna do this to see where it takes me and i'm here today talking about it
0: so what you're saying then if you had that compass way back when to, it would have not north, south, east or west or uh, business or uh, a certain sort of career, but it would have more of a like go toward the fear and go toward your curiosity. It would have
1: like two disconnected needles. One that would tell me what I'm really scared of. And then the second one would be like, what well, I'm really curious about learning when those two, the closer those two got, the more I was on something that was going to change my life.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, so that that makes a lot more sense as well. Now, going toward fear is, of course, scary. I had a teacher once tell me, if you weren't afraid, or if fear wasn't even in the question, how would you feel about doing this? And the answer for me was, pure like adrenaline surge, excitement. I don't know if that was your experience as well, because they're very closely related. Yeah, it's the same
1: part of your brain that like accesses fear and nervousness and exciting. Like you say something like Olympians are often asked like, aren't you nervous? No, I'm excited. Well, it's the same actual part of your brain that says either words and you can trick it to say excited versus nervous and engage in entirely different emotion.
0: Right, right. And I call it too what you're what you're describing is the zigzag path. Is there's all these things that I go it seems like my resume might be a little bit haphazard, but what I'm doing is I'm following what interests me and I'm just going in a direction that I feel is interesting and I continue to go there and it ends up being perfect. And I'm sure that you're probably going to tell us a little bit more about where you are now and about how now you can look back on your own path and see that the journey was perfect
1: it really started with a letter that someone challenged me to write to myself and i titled it am i worth it so the context was a close friend wrote me a letter and reminded me why I was worth it to be alive essentially i wasn't in like suicidal but i was really struggling with worth but it was me writing it. so i'm writing a letter to myself and why i'm worth it. and i wrote some really good things in the beginning but then about halfway through out of nowhere my keyboard just started typing this most profound thing I've ever typed to myself. Early in life, people pulled you down so that later in life, you could pull people up. And because I had thought that all these early stories were why I couldn't do something, that like my sophomore year of baseball, where I only played two innings out of 98, I was meant to be a bench warmer. Like that feeling always held me back. But then once I realized that, like everything, I can feel other people's emotions. I can see it on their face a mile away because I've been there. Like the purpose that you find within your own story and that can be pretty muddy and messy. And when you find that purpose in it, that's really when you start like wherever you're going, wherever you're heading really starts to come to fruition. And that your story actually has this like arc to like, wow, I'm like in my own Disney movie, like where I get to be the hero that saves the day on my own life using my own story and a lot of what i've done i recently heard that you can't uh, um the easiest way to to change the world is take your mess of your life and make it your message and i recently learned you can't spell message without the word mess and so when you learn these curiosities your fear you're learning these things and where you've been and you can eventually take them to places where you can go like right now i'm a professional speaker i'm podcasting about fatherhood my story originated From me growing up and trying to find a way to be a better dad. Like, I can help dads because I've been there. I've created a process to get where I'm through. And that came from my own life. And what we often like, this is the maybe this is the tying it back to chaos that we often think that there's a world where the chaos is calm. Like, if you look on Instagram, you don't see a lot of chaos. You just see a lot of smiles and lives that aren't yours. And you're like man must not be chaotic there but man it feels really chaotic here right now the part that i didn't fully understand is the chaos is life like we were talking about chaos is a natural element of the universe if you would go outside of earth i mean the universe is very chaotic and very violent like that's the natural order of the world and when we understand that our life the chaos is teaching us things that we need to know and we need to become more of and what we're learning lessons that no one else can learn in a particular way, it's actually that chaos that actually takes us to exactly where we want to go. There's a proverb 14:4 4 in the Bible that talks about where there are oxen, there is life, and where there is no oxen, there is no life. But the proverb has nothing to do with oxen. The oxen has everything to do with what they leave behind, which is the manure on the grass. And so if you want a strong field, if you want better flowers. You put more fertilizer on the field to get better flowers. What I've had to learn is the fertilizer is your life. The chaos is what you put on the field to grow better crops, to have a stronger harvest. Because when you learn to work your chaos into the soil, what grows from that soil changes everything. You're going to have stronger fruits, your stronger trees, deeper roots. All of the things that grow from your life will be stronger because you controlled the chaos, not controlled, that's the wrong word, but when you learned how to harness would be a better word, harness the chaos and incorporate it into your life. Like If you think of even Oprah, Oprah came from dirt poor Mississippi. Tony Robbins, he had some really hard stories with his parents and his mom. These people have taken their life, worked it into the soil, and had the courage to change the world. And we now know them all over the world because of what they did. So a lot of where people go is they learned how to calm the chaos internally, even while the outside world was chaotic and take their message and their mess and bring it outward despite that chaos. Like That's the the part that I now help dads go through as well, because a dad that's been told to go into the workplace, that this is his place to provide, and he's only worthy of a paycheck and he doesn't have any of the capacity to be a nurturing father, a connected father. He's just that person that keeps a mortgage paid. That dad feels chaotic in lack of purpose. He feels chaotic in he doesn't know who he is when he comes to the door of his home. And in that case, it's calming the chaos internally to remind yourself who you are and what you have the capacity to do. It's reminding yourself that you are a whole human being, just like every other whole human being. And a good example is when I tell people I'm a stay-at-home dad, or I just wrapped up my chapter as a stay-at-home dad because all the kids went to school. Immediately, most dads will be like, I can never do that. That's not me. I'm wired for work. That's immediately them t- themselves telling themselves there's just too much chaos if I were to think about tapping into another area of my soul to be something, and that sounds really uncomfortable. But I always tell them, like, if you're really scared of it, that's probably something you need to go towards, go- going back to my compass. Now, a lot of people don't because they feel like they can just keep doing what they're doing, and that's perfectly fine, but that's a good example where people resist the chaos, resist the opportunity to grow, exist the opportunity to be more whole within their life. And I use the word wholeness intentionally because I love the word wholeness because it ties to, in mathematics, the word integer. An integer is unfractioned, it's a whole number. And integrity has the word, word integer. And integrity to me is structural integrity. And even just keeping your word ties it all together. And if you want a strong, structured life, you need to have a whole life. And you can't have a whole life if you're not living a whole life of yourself within the world in itself of chaos. That was a lot there.
0: Yeah, a lot to unpack. Well, and then it, as you were talking, I started thinking, well, I wonder where he began with all this. Because what what is it about your chaos that you changed first or where do people start? Where would you say that you started in this journey of making yourself, I think what, how you describe it as bringing every dad home or viewing fatherhood in a whole new way. Where did you start in that process yourself?
1: Started with podcasts. Podcasts gave me some information and I listened to a podcast. It's now called the dad's edge and it wasn't, he He was on another podcast, and I heard this guy talking, and I was like, This guy sounds like the brother I never had because I had two sisters, one older and one younger. So I never felt connected, and I was always looking for a brother in my life. And I was like, And he's, he was an older one. So it was just like, This guy sounds like he's talking my language. And so when I checked out his podcast. His name was Larry Hagner, and that got me connected to his Facebook group. And the very first element that men and women need to understand about this chaos is two hands is not enough to hold you down. When you're in the initial stage of trying to figure out how to just feel anchored, you can't do it alone. Men and women have never been wired to do life alone. But yet in the last 100 years, that's exactly the society we set up. Now, women, I feel, have a natural tendency to network better, especially like a stay-at-home mom, if they're more networking at the park and they can talk to each other. But dads have been told to isolate. Dads have been told to man up to suck it up, that your emotions are something you can bring to the table. And if you're having a hard day, that's not something you get to talk about, because you're supposed to be the stoic that has it all together, and that's what you're projecting. You're projecting strength even when you don't feel it. That falsehood is what got me in trouble, because when you feel alone, when you're in that fog, what you don't have is anyone else to get you through it. and. Larry was kind of like, if, if I add to the analogy of me, was trying to climb the mountain of life. And at the top was a pinnacle of where I wanted to go. I was stuck on the side and the clouds moved in and I couldn't find where the next rock was to grab. So I didn't slip and fall back down into what is commonly called like with the men's group, the pit when you fall off the mountain and you fall back down and you're in the, like, I don't know. I'm in a dark place that I don't know how to get out of. Larry was that like hand that came down from the cloud and grabbed me up. And What I talk about and explain this in an analogy kind of way is I always talk about the concept to calm the chaos in that very first step. You have to bring a barrel of monkeys mindset to the process. You have to one, remember there's someone behind you while you feel chaotic, like you may feel like you're ready to blow away, but there's still someone just behind you that hasn't figured out what you figured out. So always have one hand down and reaching behind you to pull people up, but then because you're not going to know everything in life. Always have one hand up, reaching for people that are ahead of you. And it's that connectedness, that strength that comes from being connected as a community, sharing the knowledge, sharing your like, sharing everything about life together. That allows you to get additional strength, to ground yourself, especially in those times when you feel weak. But it's those components of surrounding myself with other men that really helped also. There, there's another thread within all of this, with the kind of the worth. Because I didn't feel worthy of going and doing what I wanted to because guys like me don't do things like that, like launching a podcast. The Other guys can do that, but that's not me. I'm still a bench warmer. What the other men did for me was reflected back a version of myself that I couldn't see myself through my own story. My story was one of limiting belief. They saw unlimited potential. And when they did, they would always tell me like a common thing was Ben. Your analogies are something that always get me thinking. I really love them. So my friends actually coined them colloyisms. Then people would tell me, like, the way you put words and feelings together, I feel something that I have never felt before, but I really needed to feel it. Thank you. And I would just get those moments. And I was like, there's something there. And I would just keep kind of following it. And that essentially what made me believe to launch a podcast, because I told my story to a military spouse and she started crying and I didn't know whether I upset her or offended her. What turned out was her husband came home from war physically, but didn't come home from war emotionally. He was just an autopilot. And I was like, well, my story just did that. And here's another reflection of something coming back towards me. That moment, September 2018, I decided I got to launch this podcast. And a gut alignment happened. And I started running towards my launch in January 1st of 2019.
0: So for you, it was listening to a podcast and then developing your own through that process. And I love that, that picture of his hand coming down and just sort of out of the sky, just yanking you up that mountain. Yeah. It's like, I
1: got you like that feeling Mm -hmm. like right before, maybe you even feel like you're going to fall. Someone reaches down, you grab it and like, I got you. And then they pull you up to the next stop. That is the component. All people are missing. We were never wired to do life alone. If you go think of American Indians, A teenager growing up in that tribe, he had elders to show him the way, but he was always looking behind him to help the other people in the tribe to learn the way that he already did. Like that connectedness that we didn't have to have all the answers, but it's the heaviness of having all the answers in 2021 that really makes life more than we can carry. But we were never wired to carry all of life responsibilities on our own. Another example is coming home from war for veterans. In the modern society, veterans come home and we're told to be normal. 500 years ago, if it was American Indians or any type of community like that, people would go to war and fight the neighboring tribes. They would come back and the community would actually make a moment to hear what that battle was like, to share the moment and the story so that that veteran didn't have to carry that all on his own. So imagine a veteran coming back, having this story of hurt and, sh- and struggle And not having anybody to share that load with. But yet earlier on in our society, we used to have that ability to share with communities what that shared experience was like. And we don't have that connectedness. We don't have that feeling of shared story. So we create these own stories in our head, which then just get more chaotic. And it just continues down those spirals of like you feel like you're washed down the river.
0: Or Alone in the Fog. Or
1: Alone in the Fog. I'm I'm spitting out a lot of analogies, so it might be a little bit hard to keep them all together here. I feel like I'm on (laughs) full force this morning.
0: I appreciate all of the analogies and the visual pictures that I get, for sure. So then you decided that you had a gift, or you discovered that you had a gift, and you started to talk to military families, military veterans, and men about bringing fatherhood back into this whole new view or viewing it in a whole different way. And you started a podcast, which you can find through your website on www.MilitaryVeteranDad.com. And you have two podcasts now. You want to talk a little bit about each one of them? I think they're a little different. the same, only different. If we they have the detail. same
1: theme, but they have different markets. So what started is Military Veteran Dad, which started as a nice tagline of bringing every dad home. I came up with it on the plane ride home from a conference where I talked to that military spouse. And I was like, this is it. It feels good. Sounds good. Let's go with it. But it took me almost two years to really figure out what that home word really meant. And what I eventually learned was like, that home feeling is that safety and security where you feel comfortable in your own body, that you know who you are, you know how it, your life has unfolded, You know your GPS coordinates on a map, and you know like exactly how you got here. You know how your life unfolded to get you here, like that confidence to like, and also the separation that you don't necessarily need this external validation from the outside world. That's something that really can mess up a man, whether it be validation through his marriage or affirmation, or maybe he's not good enough. All of these different things, and sometimes it's tied to love languages. Like if we seek a lot of our love languages, feelings externally. Then we're not able to generate them internally. Like that's the, the the opposite of home. Home is where you almost can access all five love languages on your own, and you can feel that confidence that comes with like, I look in the mirror and I unconditionally love myself looking back, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so I started with that with the veterans. But then as I dove into it, I'm like, this is like a bigger problem. Every dad kind of struggles to come home. And it's that feeling when they walk through the door of their home. And it's immediately chaos, and they feel like they need to go back to work. Like It's too much, I need to go back where I knew who I was, would be a good idea of what most men would say. It's what I would say. It's like, I'm going to go back to work, or I'm going to stay at work here where life seems to make sense. It's just chaos at home, and I don't like that. It makes me feel really uneasy in the inside. Being home is being calm within that chaos. How do you get to a point where the outside world is chaos, but you still feel confident and comfortable knowing who you are? And I, once I realized that more dads had this problem. I launched a second podcast, The Business of Fatherhood, which is a different twist to it. That it's a short daily, five day week podcast, taking all of my random colloisms and little tidbits of all the eight years of things that I've learned, and spitballing them into different short episodes. Because I also learned that like these dads that get stuck that don't have that feeling of home, they often don't have a lot of time because they become such workaholics. That I was like, they need something short and like a, a shot of adrenaline in the fatherhood category, like. I think I can do it today. And so that's why I went with the shorter episodes because they didn't have time to listen to a lot of longer episodes and I wanted a better resource. So that is what born there. And then I also took what I essentially learned with the military veteran dad, my own life. And now I essentially compartmentalize it into an eight week coaching program where I take all the different things that I really was missing in life and compartmentalizing them into eight weeks of like each week has its own theme. And I help bring dads home to re- bring that feeling that, yes, I can show up today and I know exactly who I am. And while the world may show up in a very negative way, it's irrelevant because I still know who I am.
0: Yes, and I work with a lot of military families. We live very near a military base, joint base, uh, Lewis and McCord. And so, and I'm a TRICARE provider, so I see a lot of military clients and their families. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Plus I'm a daughter and a granddaughter of people who have been in the military, all branches. And so I know what it's like to have that kind of absent dad. And uh, how do you get dads motivated to become present?
1: I think there is an illusion that happens a lot with dads. There's one, and it, I don't say it's one, it's probably a gift wrapped idea here. Most military dads feel that they can't admit that the one thing they want in life is to be connected to family. Like they have to be someone. Like there isn't a lot of space that's a nice, safe, like space and culture at work to admit that you're having a bad dad day or you're struggling in your marriage or you're just having an off family day. There is a requirement to project, I have it together. And so you bring that, I have it together moment to home. Even though you want something better, you like you want a deep connection, but you don't get to express who you are and what you're struggling with at work. So you just apply it at home. And like that is the moment where it can really, you get into that lie like, I really have a deep desire to be a better dad. I just have no idea how. And I've never been told it's okay to say how or ask. And so I don't. But the problem with that is when we say, I'm not going to, then I'm just going to retreat. There is this like anxiety like bushfire that almost starts, but because what you're avoiding engaging actually creates this barrier from you actually even trying again. And so your kids in- emotions as they go all over the place create more anxiety, like, man, it's just like this is why I can't talk about it. Cause it just makes me feel really uneasy. So I keep pulling back and disengaging from my family. And it's that rabbit hole when they disengage and say, like, when I walk through that door. I am like a grenade going off in that room and I need to get out. And it's that road that takes us to the thought that our family is better without us. And the hard part, and this is why we we need safe places for men to admit I'm having a hard day because when they don't admit it out loud, that thought becomes so rational. It's completely logical to a dad who takes his own life. It's not even almost like an escape or running. He's not giving up. This is the most logical solution to this problem. But until they articulate it out loud, but words to it, they can't really say like the front part of your brain can't say like, that's a dumb idea. But inside, you can convince yourself of anything. And so it's that little barrier that either takes you backwards or you then say like you find a place either talking to me or listening to a podcast or there's a lot of different groups out there that create spaces for men to open up about some of this stuff. But having the courage to open up and say, I have a desire to be connected with my kids, But it feels really hard right now, and I'd like help. That is probably the single hardest question for a military dad to work through. But we know the stakes have never been higher because military marriages are falling apart at an alarming rate. Military kids are disconnected from their fathers in many ways because they either the dad goes crazy and he can't be a part of the life because maybe he's a danger. Like The stakes have never been higher to try to fix this problem to get dads to come home. And here's the opposite. Here's a positive spin of why I'm so connected to fatherhood, is because I fully believe that a dad in a kid's life is like oxygen to a fire in their heart. That a dad has the ability to stoke that fire so strong with confidence, belief, and love, that that kid will go out into the world not looking for something from the world, but with the courage and the audacity to understand where that they were perfectly designed to fit in, and have the courage to go change it. And Within the military component, the like next level stuff that would happen when you really come home as a dad, we have a rich life, some of the richest lives of experience and wisdom of any dad in the country. If we can gift how we see the world to our kids, we give them an edge up that gets them out as adulthood, that gives them an idea and a view that no one else can access. How cool is it that your kids would understand the hard parts of life, but the good parts of life, the way you've seen them in the military and around the world to be able to go out in the world with that lens, change their life and to change how they fit into it.
0: That was so inspiring. And when you think about, even if you were to just just have that little speech that you just made (laughs) about dads and about being dads and how they can give back to their kids and in turn create great communities. And I know you said it a lot better than that, but that was pretty much what you were saying is this world would be a better place. I love that message for all men, dads and or all people, when you think about it, that what we give each other is always going to be if it's if it's a positive message and we are actually at home within ourselves, we are able to create better communities, better relationships and generally better people and as a dad when you learn to
1: take your mess and make it your message not in the context of like what i do to be a professional speaker but your message to your kids you find purpose in the hard stuff you've learned things in really hard times whether it be losing a friend whether it be the loss of your entire platoon maybe in a really devastating situation those things taught you things and if you can figure out the value to pass on to your kids, the lessons that you need to, that, they, that you can only learn in really hard times like that, you are doing what I said, where there is oxen, there is life. And when you can take that fertilizer of your life, you're changing the trees in the orchard that they grows from. Like, you're not just like one kid, one kid who goes out in the world is going to touch five more and then touches five more. Like you are literally creating entirely new family tree that ability is like the big pie in the sky for me because we have rich lives, but we often just get focused on the monetary because that's how our society is worried wired. But the richness of our lives determines the richness of our relationships. And we have rich lives. We just been told we need to pretend that it's not and that we don't and that there's something that we can't acknowledge, even though it's real, we can't be whole. We have to realize there's something missing in us and, That's the part that can be really, really difficult to reconcile.
0: And so there's oxen and fertilizer and anchors and fog, mag lights, GPS, compasses toward fear and curiosity, and a barrel of monkeys. And if for people who don't know what barrel of monkeys is, so there's one hand reaching up and the other hand reaching down so that you can help another person up and then you also can receive that help from someone else. So all of these visual pictures come to mind now. And now I have to educate myself on some colloyisms. I'll have to check out the, the uh, other podcasts that you have. And uh, so that's the business of fatherhood, those are the bite-sized pieces. So, And yep. then when I go onto your website, which I'll go ahead and put the website up again, and so when I go up on your website, there is an invitation to get a free pamphlet here. And it's the Military Dad Strategy Guide. Do you want to talk about that uh, that guide? And I have actually gotten that guide because I thought, well, I've got to look at this before I talk to this guy. And, uh, and I did. And it's really super good. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So I always struggled to, I mean, it might be hard to think this, but simply saying anything for me has always been difficult. I've always stretched it far too long, but as I've been repeating it, that's how I I love the daily podcast because it challenges me to get it down into short bites. This military guide isn't something that's 20 pages. Literally there's five tips in here that fit on one page that if you apply these as a dad, it would change everything that these are the simplest, most implementable tools that you could literally apply this afternoon and have results three days in the future because what the illusion of fatherhood is that it's complicated, it's chaotic. Well, those are all true. It may be complicated. There may be no manual, but some of the simplest things will move the needle the most. The most classic example in there is the idea that your kids bell love T I M E. We think that like how they're going to love us is this big, complicated judgment deal is going to happen when they're 30 and look back and like, did they love us? No. No. It's going to come down to how much time did you spend with them? And it can happen in as little as 10 minutes. 10 minutes to a four-year-old is like Disney World. Like That 10 minutes would change their behavior the entire day. And it's those little tidbits that changed everything for me. And so that's what I wanted to compartmentalize down here because it's a lot simpler than we think. And some of the tools to move the needle are a lot simpler than we think. And I wanted to make sure every dad got it.
0: Yeah. And so you go onto his website and you'll get that. And you, it, I really liked it because it was very simple and I could see how, yeah. And it's very visual too. So you look at it and you can just tell. And there's five, there's five uh, tips in there for people to look at. And I love it that it's actually geared toward military dads. And, uh, wonderful. Do you want to talk a little bit about the book that you put out here? This is the five steps for achieving an authentic life. It is on Amazon. And I really want to get that book because I, I feel like I need to do that a little bit more in my life, especially being a therapist. You can't you have to be a therapist and I'm not really authentic. I'm not allowed to be authentically me a whole lot. So I would love to, to look at this a little bit more. You want to talk a little bit about how you got the idea and what the book's
1: about? Well, the idea, I didn't start with the title. I really just succinctly started writing and it was an exercise in value. Could I take some of my early mess and make it a message? And in this book is also that letter I wrote to myself. And what this book really starts to hone into, and I wrote it in 2017. So in many ways, it feels very far from what I know and how I I can succinctly say something. But when I've gone back and reread it, I see the thread. I see some of the same things that I've been talking about now that still applied then. And one of them is this concept of who you see in the mirror. That to really be authentic, it's not about how other people see you. Let's be honest in how you see you. When you look in the mirror, what adjectives do you use to describe? Who are you? Who are you not when you look in the mirror? Is it unconditional love for all the good and the bad and the ugly when you look back? Like to me, that's that core concept of authentic and how to take those steps to get where you want it to go.
0: That's fantastic. And the letter to yourself that we talked about earlier is in that book, right? Yep. Awesome. Wow. And yeah, so on Ben's website, you go on there and you can get the free pamphlet. And there's also opportunities here for you to have, I guess, take some classes. As you can see, he's got a Facebook group too. It's a join the community on that tab. That would be his Facebook group. And then this is a free course. And so there's some free courses here. And I don't know if you wanna talk about anyone in particular. I see you have quite a few of them.
1: So this is all part of the same course. The, the friendship course was born out of my story. So I am here at this moment on this day because I eventually got the courage to say hello to dads at the park. I'd always wanted to say hello. I always talked myself out of it because I thought they just wanted to have a quiet day playing with their kids at the park. And I eventually said, no, I'm going to say hello. Turns out we were both playing chicken. And we both would always enjoy it. That moment, those reflections, what I mentioned, I kept doing it and repeating it. This is an idea that I believe at the core foundation of everything that I've I've said Call me the chaos begins. How well are you connected? How many friendships do you have? And I like to break up the word as friend and ships because the more ships you have on your ocean of life, the more opportunity will float away, your way ashore. And we often have very little deep friendships in our life. We don't have people we can call. We don't have. We don't even have a, a default muscle where we can go to connect. So this is actually an audio course because I knew dads didn't have a lot of time to read something or just even watch a bunch of videos. So I did it in a podcast form from a podcaster, so it felt natural. And so it's just five short lessons, 10 minutes length of five steps to creating a muscle that allows you to have more friends. And literally friends is that thing. No matter what you heard out of today's episode, friends is the component that can change everything. If you don't have enough opportunity in your life, you need more friends. The amount of people that you talk to every day is directly proportional to the amount of hope that you probably have for tomorrow. And what ultimately, I feel like at the core of calming the chaos is this word, hello. I firmly believe now, and it's one of my core messages, hello is one of the most powerful words in the human language, and most people have no idea how to execute it. But everything in my life and your life has become from a hello. On the other side of hello is a conversation that could change your life, and you're going to miss 100% of those shots you don't take. So that course is that muscle to help you implement some better hellos, some more strategically focused hellos, and the courage to say hello to someone that maybe seems really like an odd person to say hello to or really scary. I've had so many random moments where I say hello I mean, some of them are just kind of really random where the guy's facing the direction holding a beer at a newcomer, and he turns around, and his name is Ben, too. And I was like, whoa, if that's not a sign from the universe that we need to be friends, I don't know what is. Like, there's just a lot of weird moments where I say hello, and I'm like, whoa, that was really weird. There's there's something here that we can already figure out, and it was on the other side of hello.
0: Right. I know. And we had said hello, and then today discovered that we had a couple other things in common, like Toastmasters, and that is always... Finding some common ground with the person that you're saying hello to and you're talking to is so It's important. the human experience. Like, life is
1: meant to be experienced with connection to other people. And corona reinforced the opposite. But it also kind of a catechismally shown that we need it, but we often don't really know the path. Or maybe you have low worth issues. You don't feel valuable to engage Or you just don't see yourself going back to authentic if you don't feel like you know who you are or like, what if they reject me? Like, those are scary feelings. And for me, I didn't say hello for most of my 20s because a high school girl said no in high school and it felt really bad. So I just applied that to everybody. It was a really bad emotion there. I might as well just avoid it in every situation. Not consciously, definitely subconscious. But when I first opened up and I'm like, oh, man, that's a really dumb reason not to talk to people. I said, let's talk to people.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you can say hello or you can say no. And you can choose, right? You can choose which one you say. And a rejection
1: isn't a verdict from the universe. Like that's a deep feeling that I used to feel like if someone were to say you don't get this job. Like I would literally have a thought in my head like, yep, this this was just validated. This is why the universe hates me. It's why I suck as a human being. And this is why I'm going to stay exactly where I am. Like that was a conscious physical thought I had in my head of something I would happen when I had something bad come into my life.
0: Yes, the power of reinforcement, but that works also with the positive too. So as you've gone on your journey and tried new things, things that you're afraid of or curious about, you've actually been rewarded in that way. And it's helped you to develop all these other things. Again, please visit Ben's website at www.MilitaryVeteranDad.com. And he has a lot of really cool stuff in there and a community that you can join if you would like to and say hello ben is there anything else that you want to say or promote any products and services that i missed or anything else on your mind speak now
1: i would say no because the hello (laughs) is usually like my closing like advice that i always want to give people because so many people feel stuck and i just want to remind you no matter how hard tomorrow feels no matter how hard yesterday felt today find someone to say hello to that's new And that new conversation could open a door in a world you never even knew, and it could change everything.
0: And it's on the other side of hello on the other side of hello. Ben, thank you so much for being here today on Calling the Chaos. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure our audience will check out your website and your podcasts and also your products. I really think that, and it's interesting that you have the number five on a couple of five step things too. Is that cause you have five members of your family? Is that what it is?
1: No, it's I, I pretty much just like that's the common marketing number. So I, I pick oh. five. It feels good. It feels easy. It feels reachable when you yeah. start at zero. And that's when you're when you're first getting started. It's important to feel like you can reach where you want to go. And so that five was just like, yeah, I could write five things down. I could do that. And so it's just wow. It's I set up those early goals for myself.
0: Well, good for you and and I appreciate that. Thank you for the work that you're doing for veterans, for active duty military, for military families, for communities, and for men and women all over the place. I appreciate you. Uh, take care and thanks again for being on Calming the Chaos.
1: Thank you for the opportunity to share my story and hopefully help a few dads come home.
0: Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos. If the information in today's podcast was helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. You can also go to my website at www.lokahicounseling.com for more resources for calming your mental and emotional chaos. This includes a CD I created that teaches you how to practice mindfulness in less than 10 minutes. So check it out. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.